We are in a study of the book of Ephesians right now. Last week, we took a break from the study. Um, and I want to say thank you to Pastor DJ because I feel like he did an incredibly good job at addressing uh, an incredibly sensitive issue that's facing right now. And I realize that we have people all over uh, the pendulum swing on, on the issue, um, but DJ just had it in his heart. The teaching team had all agreed that we should, we should say something about it, and DJ is the one that said, hey, you know what, I really feel like the Holy Spirit is leading me to say something and speak into it, and so I just want to thank DJ because that was an incredibly tough topic, which I thought he did an incredibly good job. So let's give him a hand. Good job, Pastor DJ. Thank you so much for doing that. This week, though, we're going to jump back into Ephesians, and uh, I am just letting you know right now, um, we are only going to do two-thirds of one verse. We're going to take forever in Ephesians if we go this slow, but this week I felt like we're only going to do two-thirds of this one verse. So let me read the entire verse and then show you the section that we're going to work on, and then we'll open up with prayer. Ephesians 1, 18. By the way, if you want to follow along... Uh, version has a Bible app, which you can have on your phone or your iPad, and you can follow along the notes. Um, there's a little triple bar in that app that you can click on, click on events, and you'll find Shine Church, and you can actually follow along with the notes when we speak. So you can follow along that way, or if you have your Bibles today, follow along that way. Ephesians 1, verse 18, it says this, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know, may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. And then in verse 19, it continues the thought. But I am only going to do, as I said, the first two-thirds of that verse. And so let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for uh, Paul's prayer. I thank you for uh, what we learned a couple weeks ago, that um, God, you want us to have the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we may know you better. And so, God, that's what we pray for right now. We pray for your spirit to come into this room to give us wisdom and revelation, um, not to make us better, but so that we know you better. And so, God, I pray that you would use me, that you would take, uh, you take over right now. Holy Spirit, uh, may I decrease you and increase in me. And as I speak, uh, may the words that come out of my mouth penetrate into the hearts and the minds and the spirits of every single person listening. God, we give you this time right now and ask that you would give us wisdom and revelation. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, so I'm going to focus on the first two-thirds of that, and I'm going to do it a little bit differently. I'm going to actually work it backwards, okay? And so it says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. All right, called, called. Going to ask for your help right now. Um, when I say the word called, when you read the word called or calling in the Bible, what actually comes to mind? Just shout out a word. Huh? Come. Okay, like that. Come. What else? Drawn. Love that. Okay, what else? Directed. Okay, good. What else? Anointed. Love it. Dream, okay, love that. I'm st huh? God's voice. God's voice, love. Man, I love all these answers. I'm still looking for one though. What am I looking for? Huh? A sign, okay, kind of like a purpose or plan, right? 
Okay, great commission. All right, I find that and when we read certain words in the Bible, there's certain mindsets that we get when we read that word. And for me personally, when I see the word called or calling in the Bible, I have to admit that what I think of is a purpose and a plan. And a lot of times I will use that like I've been called to be a pastor or Matt and Aubrey have been called to be kids pastors or, or whatever you may say uh, for your own life. And I think a lot of times that I filter that word called through that, men- that mindset, that mentality. But as I was studying it out and I was looking into it, it actually is an invitation. It's an invitation to the hope in which you were invited into. So let me read this again. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you can understand the hope that you've been invited into. Okay? God wants us to understand that it's not about what we do, it's about his invitation into what he is doing. Oh, that's amen right there. Come on, guys. You can shout it out. You can be with me on this. It helps me. Just yell it out. Even if you don't think so, just yell it out. I'm just kidding. Okay, so there's an invitation. Okay, what are we invited to? Well, right before it, it says to the hope that we're called to. Okay, so hope. Pastor Rob did an incredible job. We did a short little mini-series on Romans um, a few months ago. And if you haven't heard the message, go back and listen to his message on hope. But hope here is an expectation. It's an expectation. It's not the hope like I hope I win the lottery. Okay, I, you know, well, you have a one in one and a half million chance to win the lottery, right? And when you say, well, I hope I win, there's no expectation at all. And unfortunately, I think a lot of people, when they read the word hope in the word of God, that's the idea they get. That's not what God's speaking about here. That's not what Paul is praying. Paul is saying, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will understand the expectations of what he's inviting you to. Oh, I hope you're getting this. Because God has called us to great things, yes? And even in the middle of crazy times where we've got the coronavirus thing and then now we have all the protests and all the hostility and the turmoil that is in this world right now, um, there's a weight. Anybody feel the weightiness, the heaviness of it? And so I just wanted to stop and I'm gonna ask for your help here. For those who are watching online, we are so glad that you are with us and I want you to participate in this as well. We've got people watching the comment fields and so we'll make sure that if you comment, we'll get that out here. Um, But here's the question and I'm gonna ask you guys for your input because I think it's really encouraging. I think it's really encouraging when we hear the hope that God has called us to the hope that he's invited us to, the expectation that he's invited us into when we hear what God is doing in one another. So I'm gonna ask for your help in this. During this time, what has God done that has given you hope? What things have been, um, things that you've been maybe either grateful for or that you've seen God's hand on in the middle of all this? I'm gonna give you a couple quick examples while you're thinking about it. First one is this. In the middle of all of this, I can't tell you how grateful and how thankful I am that my wife and I have gotten along through all of this. I, seriously, I, I, I mean, one of the very first things when we actually first went to where we c- couldn't have church and we had to isolate and all of that, my wife and I actually started praying for you and your relationships. Because we realized that when you put two people in a house and you, you don't let them leave, or two or more, <laughs> 
um, it doesn't always go well. And I found myself a little apprehensive. Oh, how are we gonna get along in the middle of this? And I'm, I'm just so encouraged because we got along. I, I really, I love her and I like her. And I know she likes me because what's not to like? Uh, all right, that's one. Another one, for me very personally, um, in this time, God has used this season, and I've shared it with you guys, but God has used this season to really invite me into humility. Um, man, I, I, you know, it is something that I just have realized, wow, there is a lot of pride in me and God is really stripping that pride away from me and inviting me into the hope or the expectation of humility. And you know what's interesting, and I, I, I've told a lot of people this, humility is attractive, yes? Would you agree with that? I mean, you see somebody who's incredibly humble and you are attracted to that person. And so we understand that. But then when I ask you to be humble, boy, is it hard to do or what? It's really hard. And so in this time, God has used it to actually show me some ugliness and yet invite me into something that's so much better in regards to humility. And so those are just a couple things that I feel like God is doing for me. What about you guys? I've got uh, Pastor DJ, Pastor Rob, they have microphones. Just so you know, um, we are wiping them down with a Clorox wipe after every use. I just want to make sure everybody feels safe. So um, right here, Rob, up front. Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, I... I really thankful for John and Jessica who started the small group and the Shine Quarantine group. You know, we started out me meeting once a week and then it became twice a week, but it, it became a very wonderful thing during this time. That's awesome. Give John and Jess a hand. Good job, guys. It's a, just amazing. You know what? We didn't ask them to do that. Um, they did that on on their very own, and we love that. And as we have said from the beginning of Shine Church, if there's something stirring in your heart, we wanna come alongside you and, and help you to do those things. And so please come to us and say, hey, we'd like to start something, we'd like to, we wanna come alongside you and equip you and, and get that done. Uh, but I love that, thank you for sharing that, that's awesome. If you're online, please uh, throw in some comments on what you feel like God has been doing uh, for you in this time. I have been stuck in confusion and with what's going on and I feel like I'm praying the way the Lord wants me to pray and I don't see any results and and I get confused and I've been I've been stuck it's like Lord I, I don't know how to pray anymore I don't know how to move forward I'm, I'm stuck and and I feel like I can't even hear you anymore because when I think I hear you and I know how to pray and I don't see results you know what is that all about and and so this morning I just I sat with my journal and I closed my eyes and I just listened and I wrote whatever I heard, hoping that was from the Lord, you know? And what he said was, Melody, Satan uses confusion like he does fear. If you remain stuck, confusion is normal, it's not wrong. But if you remain stuck, that's his scheme, and he's got you useless. And he said, I want you to get to the level of faith that Daniel had, where he went into the lion's den, and he said, even if the Lord doesn't, help me I will still trust him and he said I want you to move beyond to another level of faith to where he said if you could see in the heavenlies you would understand mm. but I haven't given you that privilege so you need to look at me know that I will never deceive you I will never trick you 
I will never try to trip you up. So look at who I am and move beyond because of who I am. Mm, I, I love that. I, and here's what comes to mind when you're saying that is, do we get to that place mentally if we don't have some weight? I, I don't know if we get there unless there's some weight put on us that, you know, when you work out, you actually put weight on the bar so that you can have the resistance because the resistance is what builds the muscle. Mm, the resistance is what builds the muscle. And so it's amazing. Thank you for sharing. Yes. We have one online. Cindy All right. said, God has used this time of slowing down to help us reorder our priorities. Oh, man. Isn't that true? I, and not only reorder our priorities, but... Um, I've actually heard, don't tell anybody this, shh, but I've actually heard introverts say, I'm getting sick of being alone. <laughs> I, I, I know, not all of them, but I, I mean, you know what, it's, it's, there's a reorganization of priorities, what we're focusing on, what our life is. And I think Donna, what, one of the things that she's saying about what John and Jess started was, um, I think relationships became very important all of a sudden. Uh, all of a sudden you begin to realize, wow, I really do need interaction with people. And I do appreciate those relationships. It's funny how when something's taken from you, all of a sudden we, you know, we realize what we appreciate. So, um, what else? Somebody else? Got a couple over here. Oh, run. Uh, we'll start. Terry, go ahead. Yeah, I have a tendency to be a wandering sheep, and it would have been really easy for me during these times that I couldn't actually come to church and have this community here. It would have been really easy for me to wander off and stay lost in the hills somewhere but I really feel like during this time the Holy Spirit kept me close so that when the time came for us to come back together as a community I was like ready and excited about that and I didn't just wander off on my own oh that's amazing it's good I, I've been so grateful and thankful to God um, for this church and for the people in this church um, because it, it, you're absolutely right it would have been a great chance to wander and I really felt like people pushed in um, in the middle of that and, and tried to interact with one another. And, and then when we were able to meet, um, I, you know, start to, okay, what's this going to be like? And, and the, even being unsure still stepped into it. And there was, there is, there was, there was and there is. I couldn't wait for this weekend again just because, man, oh, it's so good to get with people. And now if you're online, I, there's going to be a time where you guys can join us. I totally get it. And we're waiting and we can't wait for that moment too. Um, and we believe the Holy Spirit is right there with you at home as well in the midst of this. So let him minister to you in this. Yes. Dan, just to tag on to what you were talking about when the Corona thing first started happening, I actually found myself hyperventilating the thought of not being able to hug people. I mean, seriously, it just it just made me so sad. And I'm like, holy cow, how am I going to make it? Yeah. Not being able to hug people. And um, anyway, we invited my girlfriend and her husband up to our cabin. And the first thing they did when they came in is hugged, hugged us. And I just started crying because it was like, holy cow, I don't have the plague. You know, it, it just <laughs> felt so good, you know, because it makes you feel like you have the plague when you can't love on one another. And yeah. so that, that's been really, really enlightening for me. Yeah, again, just even just that simple relationship, that, that active relationship is a hug with one another. Man, I, when you don't have it, all of a sudden you begin to, to realize you miss it. Um, it. Something else in the middle that came to my mind, not necessarily directly related to it. How, how many of you through this time you were like, I'm doing good. And then the next day you thought you had 
the disease. You're like, I can't breathe. And then the next day you're doing good. And I, man, it's amazing how just you, you battle through some of that. And yet God is good to, to help us to, through those things. So I'm one of those introverts <laughs> who began to question if I still was one. But my heart is beating very fast and I'm shaking. So I am still an introvert. <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> uh, I don't like these mics, but um, I um, accept the Bible in 60 day challenge that Dan gave, and I was interesting because the sequence of that decision, if it hadn't happened when I decided, it wouldn't have happened. So I have four children, and I made the decision to do the Bible in 60 days before online lear- learning started. So had I not decided to do that, it wouldn't have happened because online learning kicked us all in the butt Um, but I have to finish what I started and so I somehow managed to do the 60 days and teach four children and cook all those meals (laughs) Um, (laughs) supernatural grace is what I'm hearing that's what you got I love it yeah Yeah. so what changed was being in the word for two sometimes three hours because it was such an intense readings Um, And then a week before we ended, I was like, I need a new plan. Because when you read the Bible for three hours a day, and then you're like, wait, this is over. You don't want to end. And so I'm reading the Bible chronologically now. So I don't do it as many hours. Yeah, I love it. But the new plan helped. So Love it. Good. Oh, man. It it has encouraged people to press into him and to go into that. Yes. I think that for me um, in this season, it was just like a heightening of my understanding that I just can't do this without him. Like I cannot do this without God. Um, and so many times in the seasons of life where you feel like you have more control for me, it was like anytime something wasn't going my way, it was like, well, I just need to try harder. Mm -hmm. But with this season, it was like, there's nothing else to do, but just sit here and trust that God is going to come through. And I can't do this without knowing he's going to finish. He's going to, you know, finish the work. And so, that's been pretty cool. That's good. I, it, it's really an invitation into more of him. Yeah, which is the hope. I love that. Yes. Hi. So I'm Taylor's sister. I'm from Montana. Um, and I came to visit. And I feel like God is telling me to share this. I was supposed to get married in April. Are you, is this your first time here? Yeah. Well, welcome to Shine Church. <laughs> um, but back in this, no, no, July. I got a word from God telling me to change my wedding date to January. So I changed my entire plans within like a month and switched my wedding to January 4th instead of April. So we were able to actually have our wedding. Wow. But I wouldn't have changed it if God wouldn't have told me. That's, that's amazing. Well, congratulations, by the Thank way, you. too. That's awesome. That's amazing. I love it how the Lord leads us. Yes. Hi. Um, I'm also a very big introvert, and I hate this, but I'm forcing myself to do it. Um, I, before COVID started, um, I had a really big frustration on actually hearing from God and connecting with him. Um, my brain goes 45 million seconds a minute, so I just can't, I just can't sit down and just listen to him. Um, but after being forced to sit in my room and, you know, read a book and, hang out with my sister, I was finally able to hear from him. And I've been hearing him more than I ever had in my whole life. Oh, it's amazing. And watching my mom do this big challenge and her, us, you know, working through all of the big things that happened, um, it really has changed me and my personality. And, like, I still hate this. But um, it's 
really crazy to me, and I'm really grateful. That's so. amazing. I love that. It's so good. Now, do you still feel like you have to, you're forced to hang out with your sister? <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, somebody back here? Yes. Rich. All right. Um, so I'm, again, I'm a, I'm a, I get nervous when I share, so I'll try to do this uh, without getting too um, teary-eyed. And, but anyways, this year has been um, just a tough, tough thing for um, our family. My wife had a stroke in February, and then three weeks later I had a heart attack. And I was in the ICU for about two weeks, and uh, it was one where I, all the doctors were like shocked and amazed that I survived, and that I survived and actually have full mental capabilities and everything. So I just personally and our family saw the, the healing power and the, just a miraculous work of God. Um, you know, I, I've, it's one of those things that just, it solidified our faith so much because God was so good. And um, I also have to say that um, God was, uh, our, all our family and friends, we were just so humbled by all the outpouring of support from the church, from our pastors, from everybody. Uh, and um, just to see the love of God, you know, just given to our family. And I'm just so... It, it's definitely changed the way I, just the way I, the, the way I look at life, and um, I am just so uh, thankful to God for me to give me basically another chance to, to to live and, and to live for Him. It's amazing, yeah, man. I, this family has been through it um, in the middle of that, and God's faithfulness has been so good. Um, I, you know. You, there may be somebody that's actually thinking even, um, well, I don't know if it's good that we're just talking about all the good things. That, that God's, you know, have we done enough talking about all the bad things? <laughs> uh, you know, we need to every once in a while actually reset our mind and actually go to a place where we actually think about the good things that God, we, I get it. There are people dying. There are people struggling. There are people, families that are going through similar things that the Penalosas uh, have gone through. But you know what? Every once in a while, we need to take a time to just remember the good things that God has invited us into, even in the midst of a heavy time. Um, anything else online? No? Anybody else in here? Aaron, did you want to share? Okay. Um, okay. Oh, right up front here. Well, the last one. with This is DJ's mother. If you have not met her, uh, I encourage you to do this. I mean, think about DJ and then what she had to put up with all his life. So just, I mean, right there. I want to thank the Lord for uh, allowing me to come here during this time because we definitely, we are the body of Christ. And, and this church is my very favorite part of the body of Christ since we were lived here before. And um, definitely I just feel love and family and you know the body all of the members help each other and so just being able and i'm so thankful that we got to come together too yes as this body because there is definitely strength when we when the body gets together yes and when we get to worship the lord together and i just as we were worshiping this morning i just sometimes the lord gives me a picture 
in my mind. And I just see his throne, and him sitting on the throne. I see us all, a huge congregation. And I always see my husband and my daughter up there, too. I always see us all, all of, all of us here and all of them rejoicing together before the Lord. So the Lord has definitely strengthened me. And also, he's helped me fight against some issues with health since I've been here, and he is healing me. So I want to testify to that. that. Amen. Good. I, I think right there, the invitation to the expectation of an eternal life. Um, let a weighty time, a heavy time in your life um, remind you of the invitation that each one of us has uh, to enter into the expectation of eternal life. That's just, it's just so good. All right. Um, I want to talk about the, the rest of this verse. And I'm just telling you, I'm super excited about this because there was a revelation that I got this week that I think is going to just blow your mind. So uh, the next portion, if we're working backwards, is enlightened. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order. Okay, so get this. The first part has to happen in order that we can understand the expectation that we're invited into. Okay, so this is important. So what is that word enlightened? It actually means, it comes from the Greek word photizo, which think about photograph. um, And it, it means this. To shine. Woo! Okay. I, total rabbit trail, but when I go on Thursday mornings with the pastors and we're praying, uh, it, you, you would be amazed at how many times other pra- pastors are uh, praying uh, just about God and having God enter into all of our community and our city. And they say things like, and God, I pray that you would shine in and you would help us to shine. And, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just great. So... Anytime you hear the word shine, no matter where you are, you just go, woo! Okay, and then that'll be good. Okay, uh, enlighten, to shine, to give light. There you go, I love it. <laughs> that was good. Uh, to give light, I light up, illuminate, I bring to light, I make evident, or to reveal. Luke 24, 45, uh, Jesus says, or it's written about Jesus, then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scripture. And that's what this whole prayer is that Paul has been praying. Pray that you have the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. He's saying, God, give these people an understanding of your word. God, shine a light into their heart and reveal your word in their lives instead of the word of the world. Yeah? And that's kind of what, what is being spoken there. And so moving backwards again, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. So God is lighting up our heart. So what is our heart? It comes from the Greek word cardia. It's the heart, mind, character, inner self, will, intention, or center. Uh, so get the picture of this. When it refers to heart here, it is talking about the innermost person that you are. Okay. And it contains, I found it very interesting, it contains the mind, character, inner self, will, intention. It's everything that makes us who we are internally. And he's saying, I pray that the eyes of the inner man or inner woman, okay? We're not talking about our five senses, not our eyes and what we can actually physically see. He's speaking to what you see internally. 
And what he's saying is, may the eyes of what you see internally be lit up. Because when God lights it up, then we can enter into the expectation of what he's invited us to. Okay? That's what his prayer is there. And it's really important to grab a hold of this because Proverbs 4.23 tells us this, that we are to guard our heart above all else for it determines the course of our life. What we do from our inner person determines how we see things. Determines when things happen to us, how we will respond. I actually find myself thinking right now, God has been preparing us as a church for these things. Even when we did the series last fall called Disrupted. Anybody been disrupted? God was trying to prepare our inner person so that we could respond the correct way because it sets the course of our life. And so it's really important that we need God to give us an understanding to light up those things in our inner person so that we can understand the invitation to what our expectation is. Okay, so now, are you ready? Because this is going to be good. I'm sitting there studying on Friday. I had put my notes together and I started to wrestle through, okay, I don't know how to end right there. I, I mean, again, I think people will understand, you know, okay, I get it, yeah. Um, but then I started to wrestle through, okay, what's the difference between my heart and my mind? I mean, it even says mind is part of the makeup of the inner person, which I would totally agree. I think the inner person is kind of everything that we, that we are. But then there's other scriptures that talk about our mind. And so um, I decided, you know what, I need to look up mind. And so actually it was reminded by the Holy Spirit of a verse that contains both heart and mind. That verse is Jesus' response to the question, teacher, what is the greatest commandment? You guys remember that? Matthew twenty two thirty seven. you can find it. I'd encourage you to memorize this one. But this is what he says in response to that question. To love the Lord, your God, with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. Okay, so heart, same word as heart in Ephesians here. Inner person. Okay? Soul is your personality. Are you pessimistic? Are you optimistic? Are you introvert? Are you extrovert? Are you loving God with your personality in the best way that you can? Okay? And then mind. Listen to this. <laughs> As I read the meaning of the Greek word for mind used in the greatest commandment, I want you to think about the times that we're living in right now. Dianoi, thoroughly from side to side. To use the mind properly. Movement from one side of an issue to the other to reach a balanced conclusion. Full-orbed reasoning or critical thinking. For example, dialectical thinking that literally reaches across to the other side of a matter. Goes on. Literally, thorough reasoning 
that incorporates both sides of a matter to reach a meaningful conclusion. Such full breath reasoning is essential to loving the Lord and our neighbor. It is also the instrument of self-destruction when it exercised without God's light and power. Oh my gosh! Okay, can I just, I, I'm going to be completely honest with you here. Please don't judge me on this, okay? Friday morning, I'm sitting in my hammock on my porch. I'm asking God, man, help me kind of land this and help me to go through this. He shows me this about mind. I read the Greek meaning of that word mind that's used in the greatest commandment. And this is what I screamed out. Holy crap! Moms, I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm just being, that's what I did. My my daughter runs out, what, what, what? And I read this to her. It just, it hit me. And I was like, oh my gosh. If we could get this as a church, if we could truly understand this, it would would change everything. It would change everything. Okay, so they're saying read it again. All right, thoroughly, from side to side. To use the mind properly Movement from one side of an issue to the other to reach a balanced conclusion. Full-orbed reasoning, dialectical thinking that literally reaches across to the other side. Literally, thorough reasoning incorporates both sides of matter to reach a meaningful conclusion. Such full-breath reasoning is essential to loving the Lord and our neighbor. It is also the instrument of self-destruction when exercised without God's light and power. Now tie this back into Ephesians where it says, I pray that the eyes, the innermost person of who you are, may be enlightened, lit up. Why? So that we could understand the expectation of the invitation. And then it goes on and says, so that we would understand our glorious inheritance in one another. And that we would understand the incomparable great power that raised Jesus from the dead. That he wants to give us. If we don't get a hold of this, we're not operating in the first commandment. Or the greatest commandment, sorry. I'm I'm praying through this and I'm reading it and I'm like, oh my gosh. Boom! my, My head is blowing up because I'm finding myself thinking... In order to fulfill the greatest commandment, I have to put myself in a position where I put myself in somebody else's shoes and I stop arguing for my point. Nowhere in here does it say that I argue my point. It says to go to the other side so we can come to a balanced place. I have taught you, I have said this many times, I believe Jesus is the plumb line of balance. We can have law and we can have grace. Well, where is Jesus? Somewhere right in the dead center middle. We can have truth and we can have love, but where is Jesus? Somewhere in the dead center middle. Yes? We can have masks and we can have no masks. Where's Jesus? Somewhere in the dead middle. Oh, not as many amens right there. (laughs) Listen, 
this whole thing that we're currently facing right now, again, I think Pastor DJ did an incredible job last week, but I want to say this. We talked about it, and I think we should have said one little statement, and I heard it from Pastor John Leach, and I thought he did a really good job at, at the beginning of his message, and I wish we would have said something like this. The way that George Floyd was killed is wrong. And if you think it was right, there's something wrong with you. If you've seen that video, it was wrong. It was wrong. I'm going to swing the pendulum all the way to the other side. The riots and killing people and hurting people and looting building and destroying people's property, that is wrong. And if you think that that's right, there's something that's wrong with you. It, it's a pendulum swing. And I don't think there are people in this room that are either probably either on either full side pendulum swing where you think either one of those things is right. But the truth is, as we come in, we're somewhere in between, yes? We have some people that are over here, some people that are over here. And what I'm discovering through this study, and I hope that I'm communicating it well, and that is this. Our job is not to convince people of where we stand. Our job in loving God is to come into another person's shoes and try to understand where they're coming from so we can come to a balanced conclusion. This is not my opinion. This is what the Word of God is, the Word of God is saying. I have it on my iPad on this, but it's just more meaningful here. It's where is Jesus in this? It goes back to the, what would Jesus do? Are we taking the time to actually pray and ask him that? I've had people go, hey, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't believe that I have to do certain things to, you know, and I, I get that. But my question to you is this, are you even asking? Are you going to God and praying? Because what I shared with DJ that he used, in the, that I read at some point, um, and that it was this, to act without praying is presumption. And to pray without acting is disobedience. And this is what I felt like the Lord showed me this week, is to act without praying is presumption, even if it seems like it's a good and godly thing. Well, I get that again. If I act what I think God is telling me to do, but I haven't prayed about it first, I am presuming. And that's a dangerous place. I believe that's what the Pharisees did a lot. Kenny, Kenny, do we have the mic? Kenny's got his hand up. DJ, if you grab that. Okay, well, we'll wait for that. Um, listen, I want you to understand here too. Romans 12. Romans 12 says this. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be renewed by the transformation of your mind. That word mind, completely different Greek word. This is where our English translation, man, sometimes leads us so short. That word in Romans 12, it actually means this. I'm kind of paraphrasing the whole description. Go to Bible Hub, read it for yourself. But this is what it means, to receive God's thoughts through faith. 
So when we're to not conform to the pattern of the world, but renew our mind, we're supposed to take God's thoughts and we're supposed to let them come into our brain and we're supposed to ruminate on them, meditate on them, and let them begin to just penetrate and pour over our entire being, our inner person, right? But when it comes to the great commandment, that mind is that I go into somebody else's shoes and I try to come to a balanced position. Kenny. Um, I'm Uh, what I was, what I was going to ask, uh, uh, what I was going to say is that it sounds like, it's like, um, it's like someone, are uh, doing, uh, doing what you thought your parent. I wanted you to do without checking so that you can show that you uh, uh, you can be capable of independently independence. Okay, so am I hearing you correct? It's like when you do something for your parents without checking in with them because you want to be independent? Is that what... Uh, so, uh, so you can show that you uh, can be independent. I'm independent. Yeah, you're trying to show your independence when you're doing that? Yes? Oh, yeah, and to show that you are uh, capable without, uh, without your parent doing. <laughs> Man, okay, guys, get this. Um, Holy Spirit right there in the fact that, hey, how many times do we do things without checking in with the Lord because maybe we're trying to show our independence or maybe even show God, I can do this, I can do this. And God's like, yeah, but I want to drive. I, I, I don't want you to do this. I want you to do this with me. I, don't do this alone, but bring me and let me kind of guide where we're going. We had a word from our prayer team a couple weeks ago that said um, that he was going to lead us by his spirit step by step right now because he wants to be a part of our decision making. He doesn't want to give us the whole picture. He wants to help us to tie into him so that he can lead us as we're going. Man, that's, that's just so good. It's just so good. Hey, I, I'm going to wrap up. I hope that you're hearing my heart. I hope I'm communicating um, this in the right way. I believe that if we will embrace this and take this into our heart, it can change everything in our life. It can change marriages. What if in marriages we actually took the position, I'm going to try to understand my spouse and not force my agenda but I'm going to try to understand my spouse so that we can come to a balanced conclusion what if relationships with kids what if uh, relationships with parents what if relationships with neighbors or co-workers listen this is already doing profound work in my life because I got that Friday morning and on Friday afternoon, Pastor DJ and I had an incredible conversation with somebody from this church who came in and um, just had some different, different thoughts about last week's message. And that's okay. And I want you to know, we're not perfect human beings up here. 
We communicate to the best of our ability what we feel like God is showing. But even in the middle of that, I can't tell you how many times I get off here and on the way home, my wife says, well, you could have said that better. You should have said this. You shouldn't have said that. I, I, because none of us from the teaching team are perfect human beings. So I want you to get that. I want you to understand that. And if you ever have an issue with something we say, don't ruminate on it by yourself. Come talk to us and let us know. Because guess what? We grow in the middle of that. Especially now that I understand this. So we get with this person, and here's how I started the meeting. I said, do you think that we should have this conversation through the greatest commandment? And the person said, absolutely, I think we should do that. And so then I read this, and then I said, okay, so here's the deal. If you find myself, if you find DJ or myself defending our position, I want you to call us out on it. But on the flip side, if I hear you defending your position, we're going to call you out on that. Because according to this, for me to love you, my job isn't to defend myself, but it's to get into your shoes so that we can come to a balanced. <laughs> Mason, you have something? We have a mic. I felt like through this whole thing, something that the Lord has been telling me to do is to grow my family. Um, because if I had a brother who was, I'm just going to be shoot straight because we're talking. If I had a brother who was a police officer, but then I also had a brother who was an African-American man who was threatened, I would have a much better understanding for both sides. But if I have two brothers who are police officers, I have no understanding for the other person. So if I grow my family like the way that Jesus considers us all children and that we're all his sons. Jesus considers both sides. He says, this person is very important. This very person is very important. Like so many times we have family, friends or something that when we talk about other things that are controversial, well, I have my, my brother is that or my brother has done this or whatever. And that person immediately has more stake in the claim to come to a more balanced conclusion. But so many times I can surround my people or surround myself by people who only are what I think. And I felt like God said, grow your family to where you can dive into the other side of the pond because your heart is invested in the other side of the pond. But if you are just like, well, people are people or, uh, you know, of course everyone has feelings, but you can't put like names or faces or experiences or loved ones to those sides. I have a person that I love who is a police officer. I have a friend who I love who has felt threatened by whatever. I can't fully understand how to, to be in the radical middle because I don't have love. And then that's what you said, like people who, um, you said it was the most dangerous, that frame of mind is most dangerous when the power and light of God is not involved. That power and light is love. Because if I am aware of both sides, but I have love for neither, I become cynical of everything. And I say, well, there will never be peace, there will never be hope. But if I have love in the midst and I say, I love this man and I love this man, then I actually have the power to bring unity to every situation. Amen. I, I, amen. I, you guys have the Holy Spirit in you. And God speaks to you, and it's just good, and I, I love that. Hey, listen, I, I'm going to finish with a final thought. I know there's other people that want to comment. Um, catch me afterwards. love to talk to you about need to move move on um listen here's here's the crux of it that word that i read about mind it is a greek word and that is the meaning of the greek word but if we don't apply god's love 
to the Greek word, we miss all things. We have to understand that what he's saying there, Paul is praying and saying, I'm sorry, Jesus at that point of the greatest commandment, Jesus is actually saying, I'm using your wording to bring God, my Father, into your life. And in order for us to love God with all our heart, all our soul, and all our mind, I hope this has transformed the way you look at that. And it's amazing how all of a sudden, even that last part totally interconnects the second, which is to love others as you'd love yourself. And doesn't that make sense? Because if we really strip it down, I want people to understand where I'm coming from. So if I'm gonna love you, I need to realize that I would want you to understand me. So what you must want, because if I'm gonna love you as I love myself, then I need to understand where you're coming from. Amen. Lord, do this in us. God, I pray that we would be good at this. God, help us, help us, help us to understand this, to take it to heart, to bring it into the innermost person of who we are. And God, help us to do Romans where we transform our thinking so that it lines up to the word. Why? So that we can then take our intellectual part, the part that's part of the greatest commandment and use it with one another. And God, I pray that as a church, we would become very good at this. Because if we do, God, we begin to be able to bridge gaps and to stand in the middle and to pull two sides together. Because Jesus, that's what you did. That's what you tried to do is you tried, you didn't try, you accomplished it. You died on the cross so that we could be pulled together with God, with our Father. And God, we thank you that you bridged that gap. Now speak to us, reveal to each one of us what it means to us individually, and also give us a corporate picture of this, what it looks like to do corporately. And God, we thank you for this revelation. And God, we ask that you would, that you would fan it into a bright burning flame in our life. Lord, we thank you for these things in your name. Amen.